So I'm looking at like this, like top 10 dishes from Brazil, right? Yeah. Um, I, I see pastel, which is... Yes, those yeah. are empanadas. Empanadas, they're empanadas, yeah. yeah. Or empanadas if you're American, but empanadas. Yeah. Um, which is big in Puerto Rico. So I, I know a bit about those pastels. Mm -hmm. They're nice. Yeah, that, those chicken ball things. And then uh, dulce de leche cake. Dolce, I've heard of that. I've never had that. Dude. Dude, we got to get some Dolce de Leche. It's next level. Oh, my God. We got to get some Dolce de Leche. And then... Um, okay, we can do that for the race. Maybe not the shootout. Like well, the, yeah, the sprint the, race. The sprint race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll do it. We'll go like Saturday either before the shootout or mm -hmm. watch the shootout and then the sprint race. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have authentic Brazilian food. I, I'm excited. I'm very excited. So that's... I guess we should probably start previewing an intro or whatever. Yeah. So we are now on episode nine of Basement Breaks. I am Steven, joined by Foster. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks As for listening. Thanks for watching. Yep. Yep. We're very excited. We're getting into the Brazilian Grand Prix this weekend, the third to last race of the season in Interlagos, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Von, or, uh, Vin Diesel. This is Brazil. Mm. Remember that from Fast and Furious? Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so we are in Brazil this weekend. Uh, we just came back from, or we just were in Mexico rather. Um, but this is actually a sprint weekend, which I was not foreseeing. Um, yeah, you said it wasn't, and I wasn't looking ahead in the schedule to yeah. know that it wasn't, yeah. or it was yeah. a sprint. So yeah. I don't want to say I'm frustrated. I'm more happy that after a triple header that it is ending on a sprint weekend. Yeah. Um, I feel like starting on a sprint weekend kind of like got us like off our back foot where it's, you know, yeah, there's a lot to, to, to cover over a sprint weekend. There's two races, two qualifyings, um, less practice, but there's, there's so much more to cover. Yeah. Um, and I think ending a triple header on a sprint weekend is so much better because you can kind of recover from it. Um, versus, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to complain too much because it's been a lot of racing over the last three weekends. Yeah. We've had a lot of content. I think for me, having the my vacation sort of threw a wrench into things where mm -hmm. I wasn't like super caught up going into a triple header. Yep. And then now we've entered, we're entering the third of the triple header and it's the second sprint race. Yep. And we're an F1 podcast. So we're obviously very big F1 fans. We're watching everything. Yeah. It's a lot of content. Yes. It's just, it, at certain moments during the last three weeks, it's been a little overwhelming, mm -hmm. especially having to talk about it yes. and like remembering everything. But it's also like all we do, like yeah. outside of, you know, doing our normal life, like we're very big fans. Yeah. But I agree where you're saying it's almost overwhelming. I'm ready for a weekend off. Yes. I'll say that. Me too. Not that anything recently has been bad. Mm -hmm. It's just all condensed in a short amount of time i almost feel like if you do do this right mm -hmm. do this leading into maybe the summer break where everyone can be like 
there's all this stuff to cover. Yep. There's all this stuff to watch, all everything. Yeah. But if you do it into the summer break, then everyone has a chance to, you know. Yeah. Um, Take a breath. Exactly. Versus now we have, I think, one weekend off, and then it's in Vegas. Yeah. Which is going to be, for Americans, for people who don't watch Formula One in yeah. the United States, is is going to be the biggest race of, I, you know, I, I don't want to, like, make any generalizations here, but it's going to be the biggest race in the United States in the modern era. In, in terms of, like, everything NASCAR, uh, you know. Um, 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 Indy. Indy, thank you. I yep. apologize. No, I'm thinking good. of Formula One right now. But, um it, it's so big that even even the people of Vegas, like there, there's so much like news coming out of Vegas in terms of like ripping the streets apart and repaving them. I just saw that today. As Your well. mother was just there in Vegas. Yeah, and she was complaining about the uh, removal of the palm trees on the strip yeah. and the turning off of the of the fountains that she didn't get to see yep, yep, running. But yep. you have to do all of that preparation to hold such a large event. Yep. I, I'm I'm very excited for that, but obviously Interlagos this weekend. So much history behind that race. We just watched a video on on the uh, Brazilian Grand Prix in 2003, where there was you know at Brazil there's rain, there's always rain. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2003, there was so many accidents in that race that there was controversy at the end of the uh, at the end of the race. And I, you know I, I'll mention the content creator. So it was Josh Revel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes great content about just like. stories which i think is very important because if you want to get into formula one you should probably know some of the stories that have happened in the past as someone that doesn't hasn't been watching for a long time Mm -hmm. us watching his videos together they're very informative and entertaining yeah we were like six years old when that happened but you know kimmy raikkonen was in that race you had mark weber you had you had uh uh uh, um, michael schumacher you had all these fernando alonso was in that all these big names yeah but uh physicella got his first win Everyone crashed, essentially. Yeah. Kimmy had the win, mm-hmm. but then Fisichella got his first win off of, I think it was some sort of like issue with how the race ended because it ended on a red flag. Mm. Um, so they didn't really know how to end the race. And then, you know, two two or three weeks after the race, they gave the actual race one of the trophy, and it was kind of an interesting situation there. Yeah. Um, but Brazil's offered so much throughout history of Formula One that uh, even the drivers yeah. from Brazil... You know, I think there's four champions from Brazil. Um, I think there's four. I can name three, but I was t- I, I, watching the video. There was four. But today, before we get into track facts mm-hmm. for Brazil, yep, I saw a clip from 2002 that prior to the race. Yes, I I guess I know that the free practice current system is new mm-hmm. and it wasn't in existence in at least the same format. In I 2002? Didn't, I didn't know that at all. That's scary. I Yeah, I think that there's like, you know, they had practice time, but the way that it's segmented where it's like FP1, FP2, FP3, mm-hmm. I don't think it was the same back then. Okay. Regardless, I saw a clip today from 2002 prior to the race. A driver had gone off. I want to say it was like, I want to say it was like a Renault car okay okay. went went off and it was like actively on fire Mm -hmm. and the guy was climbing out of it i don't remember driver names this was just sort of f1 posted this Mm -hmm. but uh a mercedes station wagon medical car pulled over in front of the car that went off and it was during practice or i don't think it was during qualifying yes but essentially 
a Ferrari went around a curve and blocked the view of there being a yellow flag or a red flag. It was a red flag at the time. Mm-hmm. Blocked the view of the flag and the car that went off. Yep. And then uh, a German driver, I don't remember his name. I don't think he, you know, has wins or podiums per was se. Was it when they took the door off the car? Yes. Oh, my God. I remember watching yes. that. I didn't know that was in Sao Paulo. I had I, never seen the clip before. Yeah. But, like, watching it multiple times. Yes. The safety car pulled up, stopped, threw open the door, and through the windshield, you could see the driver of the car, like, leaning out of the car about to hop out oh my god and this car the f1 car came around the corner it was a german driver i can't Mm -hmm. remember his name didn't see it was a red flag or anything yep so he just bailed and like took off the door of this medical car (laughs) and he probably would have killed that driver of that medical car Yeah, but you're coming around the corner like one second after 160 i don't know what corner it was yeah yeah regardless he slammed into the wall and Mm -hmm. everything but that was a clip I saw from today, yep. like of that. <laughs> the top comment, not to, you know, share any like hate or anything, but <laughs> the top comment on that post was if Akon did that today, he would have seven lifetime sentences in prison. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Akon's not been, you know, the FIA yeah. doesn't seem to like him very much. But, but also the safety standards and what they've figured out in the last 20 years since that happened. Yep is like their leagues ahead of that ever happening again. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like for sure. something like that wouldn't ever happen in like modern times. Yeah, I think the flag gets sent to their their wheels now at this point. Like yeah. it's on their dash. There's the like form, flashing yeah. LED indicators yeah. all along the track. That's true. The flags fly yep. and on the steering wheels. So it's kind of not missable. Yep. But yep. Anyway, a little tangent there. But yeah. let's get into uh track some facts. Interlagos track facts. I'm we so haven't had these since when did I do these last? Japan. Japan. I did these for Japan, Suzuki yeah. last time. Suzuki. Suzuka. Suzuka. What was that? Suzuki's the brand. That's yep. what I'm thinking of. Yep. Anyway, let's get into Interlagos track facts. Let's do it. So the actual name of the Interlagos track is, and I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly because I wrote down the pronunciation, Audromo Jose Carlos Paz Sao Paulo. Say Jose? Is it Jose? Yes. <laughs> I looked up the pronunciation and that's how they pronounce it. In Portuguese? A Portu- it was a male Portuguese pronunciation of the track. Jose? Jose. Well, f- Yo no se. And I don't know. It looks like pace, but it's pronounced pass. Pache. They, we'll figure they it got, out. Uh, that, that's my best, that's my best Jose go at it. Passe? Jose Pass Sao Paulo. I know Sao Paulo. Yeah, that's where it's at. Anyway, <laughs> this track is 4.3 kilometers long. Okay. So we're going to be running for shorter. 71 laps. Yeah, much shorter. Yeah. I kind of like the high lap races. Me too. There's more stops and more strategy, I think. I 100% agree. With the, because if it's in like the 50s, it's. You, you know, could do a two one stop. or two stop or one, or, or one stop, yeah, yeah. But once you get up to seventy, it's like, it's like is guaranteed it, two stop, but is three it two, stop three, could also be sometimes four, an avenue. depending on red flags. You never know. Um, Seventy-one laps. The lap record is actually held by Botas. Yep. In Mercedes in twenty eighteen, one ten five forty. Wow. So that's kind of what 
I don't know where we'll be at now. He has a lot of records. If you really think about it, he has the fastest uh, speed record yes. uh, set in Mexico. Um, that was in Mexico? It was in Mexico. So Mexico, you know, I, I, I'm going to admit to something. I was wrong about me thinking that Mexico was like a top five track for speed. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. Yeah. Um, as far as tracks that have been raced on, it is the fastest track. Um, mm. I think Vegas will beat it this year just because Vegas has the longest straight. That strip section is really long. Yes. They're going to be in eighth gear for like half of that. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll pick up a lot of speed there. But in, in terms of like Botas, like he does have a lot of interesting records here. And that Mercedes was fast oh in that time. Oh my God, that was yeah. fast, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, back to track facts. Um, the first race held in Interlagos was in 1973. And they basically got the idea to start racing in Brazil because of Emerson Fittipaldi, mm. who I don't know a ton about, except for the fact that he was a successful F1 driver in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And the first two years, he won his home GP at so, Interlagos. So that reaffirms something, um, because before I said that there were four Brazilian champions... Um, I could only think of three. That's another one. That's the fourth. There so you go. I'm happy about that. So he won in 73, 74, and then Carlos Pass or Pass. Pache. Pase. Yeah. We don't know. Whatever that pronunciation is. He but Carlos won, is his name. Yeah. He won in 75. Mm-hmm. So Brazilians won their home GP the first three years that it was run, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty wow, cool. Wow. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. This is also a, because it's a, um, because it was built prior to World War II, Mm -hmm. it has banked corners, which Mm -hmm. I also didn't know that about other F1 tracks. Interesting. That have the banked corners. They were also probably built prior to World War II. I I don't know. That was, and that was posted by F1. So it's, you know, true. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Um, So banked corners, pretty cool. Zandvoort. That was good action on the banked corners. Mm-hmm. Um, so between 1957 and 1990, the track was not run. I'll be honest, I don't really know why, but it just wasn't on the circuit. But in that time period between 57 and 1990, there was a section of the track that you could actually run it as an oval, like a NASCAR track. Oh, really? The entire, like intricate part of it was like the inside of the track yep. but then there was an entire outside section that was just a big oval i need to look at this on like google maps just to like think yeah, about what w- that would have looked like i would be interested to see comparing the current track to that track yep which was there for 33 years yeah like that was a long time for it to be used as a track without mm-hmm. it being on the f1 circuit mm-hmm. anyway um my last track fact is that turn one and two is referred to as Senna's S. And this is my first time seeing this track, you know, on the F1 circuit, Mm -hmm. watching it live. Um, But turn one seems to be a very popular place to do overtakes Mm -hmm. following the DRS zone on Mm -hmm. the main street. Um, But I think it's pretty cool that they, you know, tie in Senna into the Brazilian track i like that a lot and actually yeah. i saw um lewis hamilton when he was doing i guess he arrived to brazil today this is thursday so if you're watching this later I apologize but thursday he he arrived in a uh full leather garb 
of yeah. some sort. I don't know how to describe big, that suit. Big, big baggy like suit. Well, shoulder pads. Yeah, with like but on the almost, back, almost airbrushed like the Brazil flag yeah. and all that. Yeah, so, on the back was Senna, which I thought uh, was very nice. Yeah. I only saw the front. Yeah, so the back he had a, 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 some portrait or something like that of Senna. That's cool. Um, some designation or, or, or homage to him, which yeah. I think is you know very respectful. Um, I think obviously Senna is 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 you know some sort of lore in Formula One, but we all kind of legend. agree he's a legend. Yeah. Um, I only wish that I could have experienced something like that. Yeah. Um, because I think it's agreed across the board that he was something so beyond special that you could not recreate that. For sure. Um, unfortunately, um, that accident happened. I think before I was born. Yeah, it was before I was born. Yeah. Um, I think it was in ninety mid nineties. Four or five yeah, before both of us. Both but, of us weren't born yet. Yeah, but I also to go on top of that. I also saw Leclerc on Instagram today. Uh, met with Senna's family. Wow, and went to I don't know if it's a museum or if it's just sort of a building that has a whole lot of memorabilia. But yeah. he was like holding and looking at his helmets and yeah. trophies and the that's McLaren so cool. car and all sorts of stuff that's just like being shown and like that's kept incredible, man. for like history i think there's a point and i don't know if it was a race win or or something like that but lewis was gifted a original senna helmet yeah um and you know just to see the driver's reaction to that yeah. you know lewis is a seven-time world champion he is at the top of the top of the top he's hard to impress exactly but the fact that he can be so enamored by Enthralled. something so historically significant yeah. it, it it made his it, you know, growing up, that was his. Yeah, that was his Max. Lecla- that was his Lewis. Leclerc's post was that he said that Senna was is is still his one idol. That's incredible, man. Yeah, which yeah. is so cool. So a lot of history going on this track. Yeah, I appreciate the track facts. Yeah. Um, how about we get into some F one news going yeah. into this weekend? Let's do it. Um, so I'll start out first. It was something that actually was posted, um, or not posted, but you know, I watched the the weekend warm up. Um, while you were taking your dog out. So I appreciate you doing that. So I could take some facts because I think you have some as well. Yep. Um, but the fact I have here, or the fact, not fact, news that I have here, um, Mike Elliott, Mercedes technical director, is leaving. After mm. 11 years as a technical director, uh, not only 11 years as the technical director, um, I had something else here, many more years at Mercedes itself. Let's see if I can get the exact number. I apologize. I should have had this like somewhere. I did see this was announced. 23 years. Wow. 23 years at Mercedes. That's crazy. Yeah. And in some way, shape, or form, I don't know, because Mercedes, the team, hasn't been around for 23 years. Yeah. But Um, development and all sorts of, you know, motorsport. So he actually was, uh, uh, remember when Mercedes started the year with kind of a a very poor car, you know, the the no side pod. So that was carryover from last year, the season that I watched that you didn't see. Yep. Um, but last year they they didn't look great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the season there were struggles, especially coming back from you know just barely winning the championship, the the, the drivers championship. Yep. Um, they struggled very hard last year. Yeah, you know, they did take a win, which we'll talk about later. But um, this zero side pod strategy or, 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 yeah. or design clearly didn't work. I don't yeah. know if that was the reason for it or the end all be all. Um, but regardless, their technical director is leaving the team. Um, I, I hope the best for him, whatever he does in his endeavors. Um, 
but that's significant for Mercedes because now you know th- that's a big gap to fill. Yeah. Um. He, he, I I think he, uh, Adrian Newey's a similar role. I, I think CTO or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. He's very high up in the technical side as well. Yeah. Where that's Red Bull's, you know, somewhat equivalent, right? Yeah. That's a name that we recognize, obviously, because in recent history, Red Bull has been not only at the top, driver wise, but this season is so egregiously won yeah. that they have almost tripled whoever's in second at this point. And We're getting to that point. And it's not all driver. There's so much technical and mechanical yes. and mechanics yep. that are going into that team yep. that's making them. But, you know, the upgrades and aerodynamics and all of that, that the technical part of the car, yep. they're, you know, super ahead of a whole lot of people right now oh yeah so i'm interested to see mercedes reaction to this like obviously they have to hire someone new right that's the first step um but like who is it what's their background mm-hmm. um are is it an internal like promotion yep. do you take someone outside of the organization and try to rebrand the technical aspects of that car because mm-hmm. now we're in year two of the de- development phase i yeah. kind of i don't remember the exact year of when we go to the new phase but i uh, you know that was 26 26 okay so we're yeah. early-ish on in the cycle yeah that they can afford to completely redo their car for sure but are they going to take that that's a lot of risks to take on and now you have mclaren beating down your back yeah who's a customer but yeah they're quick right now so mercedes has a decision to make yeah it's a they're definitely still a top team even though they're not you know winning the driver's championship they're not winning the constructor's championship agreed but they have a lot of I think still momentum. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, really good drivers. Yes, really good drivers. Yep, and they're both committing to more time in the cars. And they have a weatherman in the car, <laughs> which you know every time, every time they show Mercedes like on the F one broadcast, and it's like George Russell's talking. I know I'm going to get a great weather broadcast, so I don't have to check my phone to see what's the weather looking like because yeah. George is going to tell me. I stopped checking after the first six GPs because George was you know he's a great weatherman i think that'll come into you know i haven't checked the weather yet i did is it gonna be wet <laughs> it's gonna be wet this oh weekend. george russell's gonna be weatherman action oh, let's again. go i'm excited yeah all right so you have some f1 news as well yeah uh so i saw that two things Ooh. i'll uh i could probably do both in a row they're pretty small hit me with it um first one is keanu reeves you've probably seen things about it probably uh, Keanu Reeves and Jensen Button are starring in a Braun GP yes. story. I saw this. That is coming to Disney Plus. I thought it was Hulu. Disney Plus on November fifteenth. So I don't. So there's so many streaming services we're two anymore. Two weeks out from it. Really I'm excited soon. about that. Yeah. You I know, don't... actually, you know, what? it's funny you say that. So when I saw that advertisement, I've seen it a bunch, right? Yeah. But I saw it yesterday, and I was checking the time of it. It releases the weekend of Vegas. Um, yeah, the 15th and then uh, Vegas. So is this the, is like Formula yeah. One's like marketing ploy. It's like, yeah. oh my God. Because it'll Vegas be live. Is, People yep. are going to be looking for F1 oh content. And they're God, like, oh, yeah. what, look at this, you know. They're so high, fucking smart, man. High quality production documentary on featuring a team. I also don't know anything about that team in that era and Jensen oh my God, very much. So you're, you're gonna like I'm it. excited to. You're going to like it a lot. S- as far as F1 documentary style things. I've watched Senna uh-huh. and Drive to Survive, but I really need to rewatch all of Drive to Survive because I watched it all before I really knew what I was talking and yeah. watching about. Yep. 
but I still need to see Schumacher's Netflix show, Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to watch that one. I'm going to give you a little quick rundown of my take on what's happened in that story real quick. Okay. All I know is that a team folded, and someone bought the rights to the team for a dollar. I've heard that it's being advertised as like an underdog story. And it's it's essentially the biggest like you know that's crazy by the way not to gloss is. over that no but. it's a dollar <laughs> you know like you know we're talking about like Andretti trying to buy in for six hundred million dollars or something and like, like proving that. that they have you know the bank behind them yes. to be able to yes. like fund a team one dollar I could do it I'll get my freaking Scion out there and drive <laughs> basement breaks let's do it basement breaks F1 Scuderia team. Taco Bell Scuderia Taco Bell <laughs> um but one dollar and and it was essentially like a gambler right like he yeah. he had been in the scene for so long I, I I think anyway but um that he knew exactly what needed to be done to win a championship in one year mm-hmm. you go balls to the wall you design the car you you just get drivers that don't care that just want to win and that changed the game, and that's where we are now, where that's yeah. every team at this point. Yeah. Before, it was like a gentleman's sport, hmm. and now it's, not, I don't want to say a money sport, but at the same time, it's like you have to have the best driver, you have to have the best engineer, the best everything to win. It's interesting to hear that that is sort of the turning point. I didn't know it was that important of a story. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, that's how they lead it up, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, I wasn't watching then. Yeah. I wasn't a fan then, but that's how they're leading up to it. And I'd be interested to talk to someone who maybe was watching then, to get their take on it because that could have been a freak season for them you know for all we know it could have yeah, been like I mean, a one-off imagine now like you know what team um uh, haas yes just pretend that they disappear yes and then some random dude buys a team and wins a championship the next year random team destroys max destroys lewis destroys yeah. charles that would be crazy that would be crazy so, i don't think i'd be able to comprehend that at yeah. a certain point but What's your other track fact here? So, or not track fact, not track I apologize. Fact. F1 news. Yep. Um, so, for Aston Martin, mm-hmm. they announced that Felipe Dragovic is going to essentially be re signed. He's confirmed that he is the 2024 test and um, reserve driver for Aston Martin. For 2024. Interesting. He's also going to participate in FP1 of Abu Dhabi. Uh-huh. And after they shared that, they shared a little information on what he's done so far. He's already put in, since he's been signed in 2022, he's put in over 6,000 kilometers in an F1 car. And he's spent over 20 days in the sim that Aston Martin has. You know my prediction going into next year? It's a bit early for that. He's going to be driving that car. He It's very it in my in my head, he's an F2 champion. In my head, if they don't put him in that car in some way shape or form, Aston Martin is shooting themselves in the foot for the next 5 years, 10 years. There's no reason you don't have him in that car as a driver. Disconnecting Lance Stroll's connection to the team. Uh-huh. I think that Felipe could definitely outperform Lance Stroll. I agree. And I also think that if that car was as good as Alonso's driving it, hypothetically, if he were paired with him or if he were paired with Lance, right? Like, it, it doesn't really matter to me. 
I think he does as well as Alonzo did this year. Yeah. You know, eventually, right? Maybe not initially, right? Breaking but he could work his way up to that. If you break it down to just driver. Yes. Car even. Also, if you think back to the beginning of this season, my first season, Aston Martin was a good preseason team. They came out of the doors swinging. They were gnarly. Yeah. Alonzo got podiums in the first six races. Yeah, it's like almost like McLaren and Aston Martin switched their cars and just painted them a little different. <laughs> I, I don't know. Swapped colors. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyway, but yeah, I thought that those were two little interesting tidbits I of like knowledge. it. I like it. I appreciate it. So I think 2022, we should probably get into that a little bit, what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of set the stage of, of, of what to look out for this year. Yep. Um, so you have some notes. I watched it live. Um, yeah. But if you want to like go off of your notes and maybe I can like interject with some what I witnessed or something like that. How's that sound? Yeah, I just basically have a little summary because I never watched it. Mm-hmm. We watched a little bit together of highlights, yep. but I came to the podcast with some notes. Yep. Um, so for last year, uh, the um, 2022 qualifying for the race, I guess we'll do sprint first. Yep. So the sprint was won <laughs> by George Russell, followed by Sainz, followed by Hamilton, and Max got fourth in the sprint. Do you have any notes about the sprint race? Yeah, I want to talk about the qualifying for the sprint race first. Oh, yeah. The, uh, like, the sprint shootout? Or, like, qualifying for the race? Qualifying for the sprint, yeah. Okay. Because Kevin Magnuson got first. Well, that was for the race. I thought it was for the shootout. Regardless. Okay. Okay. I thought that was for the race. We'll have to watch it back. I thought that the... I can't remember the difference between... I th- I have qualifying notes that KMAG got pole position. Mm-hmm. But maybe that was for the sprint. So I am pulling up... Oh, it's going to take 15 seconds because he had an advertisement. Mm. It doesn't really matter. Yes. Can we just talk about the KMAG thing first? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So... so uh, this is a little out of order, maybe because we had different ideas of this, but that's okay. Yeah. Regardless, something very significant happened. Um, so I'm looking at the race highlights right now. It just came up. Um, there's two Mercedes in the front row. Yep. So I think that K-Mag qualified first for the sprint. Mm, um, got it. So that being said, you know, Brazil's wet. There's rain. Yep. In most parts of the world, there's rain. But in Brazil, there's a lot more rain than yeah. most parts of the world. Yep. Um, so, you know, going into that race... Um, yeah, Kevin Magnuson was on his return year um, to Haas. He took a year off. Um, he was replaced by Nikita Mazaspin. Um, <laughs> so you know a little bit about that because I've told you enough about that. Yeah. But, you know, a Russian driver who really liked to drive backwards. Yep. Um, so Kevin Magnuson replaced him after, you know, his hiatus. Um, yep. He was tearing it up a little bit, you know, in terms of, you know, compared to Mick Schumacher, who wasn't having a great year. Um, but in, in, in this, in this sprint race in particular, um, he qualified first, but it was, it was a multitude of things that occurred to get him qualifying first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started out dry, Yep. made it to Q2, mm-hmm. then it got dry and then wet or wet and then dry and mm-hmm. then made it into Q3 Yep. and then just happened to be the luckiest person on, on planet earth, set a fast lap and then George fucking russell drove straight into the gravel 
because and it then was wet. Got out of the gra- yeah, and then it got wet. He drove out of the gravel, spun, put himself back into the gravel, and then caused a red flag for qualifying. Yep. And then by the time the red flag was up, it was pouring rain. Yep. K Mag was up by like like a chunk a significant of pace. amount of time. And I just remember the scene, and you've seen the scene. Yeah. But I don't think you remembered it like what race it was associated yeah, with. Yeah, I thought it was the actual race, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you don't remember even even what track is it was associated with. Oh, where you no. see K Mag get out yeah. of the car and just do this like like, oh yeah, let's go. And 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 just the whole team s- was hype. Oh my god, yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about Formula One is that so much can happen outside of the driver and outside of the car that you'll never know, right? Mm-hmm. Someone in front of you could just be lo- lose train of thought for a millisecond. They end up in a wall. Yep. And all of a sudden that changes everything for everyone. Yep. Every strategy is thrown out the window. Yep. Where it, it, you know, that's why Formula One is so exciting outside of, you know, Max winning every weekend or you know, it, it, I'm happy he is, but yeah. There's so much more to Formula One than 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 just the, the people at the top. Yeah. And these micro stories of of people just def- David and Goliath, right? Yeah. Where, where they just beat the top dog. It's yeah. incredible. Random instances of the back markers yep. doing really well. Danny Rick qualifying fourth last week. Like randomly. Oh my god, yeah. And that... also like Lando Norris qualifying P seventeen just because of one Yep like off lap and then a yellow flag like you're you're never guaranteed to perform nothing is guaranteed and you're also never guaranteed to like be where you always are yep if you're a back marker you always have that chance to you know oh yeah get that pole position yep even like (laughs) the race engineer k-mag asked the race engineer during that uh sprint shootout qualifying session yep was like what position are we, mate? And he's like, "You'll never believe this, but but we're P one." And he's <laughs> he goes, like, "You're, you're joking! You're joking!" <laughs> you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I, I can't imagine like the goosebumps that you feel in that oh, moment. Yeah. You're driving, still, you're going like 180 miles per hour. Yeah, and you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> that has to feel incredible. But yeah. it was a great last last year was incredible. Um, George yeah. took the double. Took the sprint, yeah. took the race. Yeah, yeah. George won the sprint, um, followed by Signs and Hamilton, and Max was in fourth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for the race, it was uh, dual Mercedes podium: mm-hmm. Russell, Hamilton, and then Signs. I think George was helped by Max's aggression last year too, because during the actual race, I think it was Max and Lewis into turn one. I don't know if it was right off the rip. Um, I don't think it was, but I think Max was trying to overtake from the ins or from the outside of turn one that turns into the inside of turn two. Yep. And he took this really strange line. Yeah. And Lewis was on the racing line. Contact. Yep. There was contact, and Max got a five second time penalty on top of losing his front wing. Yeah. So he was fighting off of his back foot from whenever that happened. I want to say it was like seventeen laps. It was early on ish. Yeah. Um, but that ruined his race. Um, and that makes a lot of sense that similar to what I've seen this year, it really takes uh, Red Bull, more specifically Max, making a big mistake or something happening that's huge to allow someone else that's, you know, in that top part of the grid to take that one off. To take a win like Signs did this year. You never know. I mean, this week, I mean, it's such such a tight track that... You never know what to expect on something like this. We haven't done the sim yet, but I think you've watched enough of of, of past clips that you, yeah. you. I mean, you even told me it was. Like, it looks like a tight track, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, it's yeah. it's freaking tight." 
Like yeah. there's some places that you can overtake. I think turn one's definitely the best one. You have the DRS zone going into mm-hmm. a left, going to a right. Yeah. You said, what was it called? Sen- the S- Senna's S. Senna's S. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a perfect name for that, actually. Yeah. But um, I mean, there, there's some spots on the back end of the track, too. Um, I, I'd be excited to see some cool overtakes out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I, I really think that this this weekend in store for us, I mean, between it actually being a, a sprint and a race, um, I'm more excited now that I kind of remember that it was a sprint last year because mm-hmm. there was so much action last year. I was going to say, um, with it being a sprint, I know we were talking about, you know, not loving that it's a sprint race, mm-hmm. throwing everything else away from the past and just analyzing this weekend mm-hmm. and looking at 2022's highlights and things. All the action. The sort of extra risk that you can put into the sprint race. And if there's and rain. aggression. If there's rain. And weather. It's going to be wild. There's going to be a whole lot of, you know, when you don't have to have as, you know, as much to put up to risk it, you can drive way more aggressive, not have to worry about pit strategy. Mm-hmm. You can just go all out. Oh, yeah. And, like, the championship has already been won. Mm-hmm. So we're not... Now we're going for yeah. respect. This is all just this is like all respect. Proving yourself, proving your team. Like Max can easily win. Yeah. If he does everything perfectly. Yeah. But all these other drivers now are are aggressive mode into a sprint. Anyone can win the sprint on any given weekend. Yeah. Because there's so little data going into that. Sprint in general, yeah. Like you said, you only have one practice. Yep. And you have just so much like less to risk. Oh yeah. You can almost like experiment in the sprint. And then use that experience into mm-hmm. the race, but should be fun. What are you thinking about predictions for this weekend? So, mm-hmm. oh, you're going first this time. Well, this is the first time I actually thought ahead. Okay, have now one. now I haven't, so I have to think. So yeah, flip, okay. flip the script a little bit. All right, based on past and present, mm-hmm. I think Max is going to win because they you know, have things figured out. I'm going to say Hamilton P2. And I think George Russell, I know it's a podium prediction. I think George Russell is going to come in fourth or fifth because he's going to get really aggressive and make mistakes, but he's going to get up there. Mm -hmm. And then I think uh, Lando is going to be P3. I think that Max is going to do well. Both McLarens are going to do well. And both Mercedes are going to do well. But I think the podium is going to be Max Hamilton Lando. Interesting. Norris. I have a very similar podium. Okay. Fair. I think Lewis wins this race. I think Lewis Hamilton will win this race. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I'm going to double down and say I think Lewis Hamilton takes pole in this race. Ooh. And wins this race outright. Um, I can see that. Because he's a citizen of Brazil. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really field I, advantage. I genuinely think that yeah. I genuinely think that he is like first off, the car is so much better than it was. Yes. We saw it last weekend. Yeah. Uh, the pace that he had was really damn good. Yeah. Um barring, even the weekend before that. Barring DQs. Barring DQs, yeah. Yeah. Um so I, I really think that, that Mercedes has has really good you know, t- their tire digs is 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 far beyond Ferrari right now. Yeah. Um so you know, Ferrari could qualify ahead of him. I don't know. Um, Ferrari's quality is great, 
right now. Yeah. Um, Red Bull is just consistent. So I'm going to put Max P2. Mm-hmm. I think my 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 inkling is 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 Leclerc P3, but I'm going to put Lando there just because you know after last weekend mm-hmm. he qualified poorly, but it was not his fault, and he had probably the best Correct. drive of his life. Yeah. So I you know I, I my 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 bias towards last weekend is probably like Lando got P5. He didn't do well. Yeah. You know, but he's you due, know he's due for performing well. Yeah. So yeah. so I I would say um lewis max lando that's my podium outside of podium predictions my general predictions for um i guess based on qualifying for the actual race Mm -hmm. and the race based on what i've seen previously because of the high risk of weather and in general with it being a tight small track lots of laps a lot of opportunity for yellow flags and red flags. Are you can do a crash prediction? No. <laughs> okay, let's get a uh, say. No. Well, <laughs> that's morbid. <laughs> sort of based on crash prediction. Oh, okay, okay. I think the teams are going to be doing banking on crashes and yellow flags, red flags. So there's going to be weird strategies. So there's going to be, uh, I think that Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren depending on where they end up qualifying, mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be experimenting with, like, I don't know what the best tire strategy is going to be, but if it's, let's say, mediums are the best, I think that a lot of teams might put one driver on softs and bank on an early red flag for that early pit to if then get ahead. Re- yeah. If there's I, any weather report that it's like, hey, in 30 minutes we're going to see rain. Yeah, I can see that there's going to be, that's going to, I think that there's going to be influence on how the track is going to evolve and risk of weather, risk of red flags, yellow flags. I think they're going to be experimenting with like alternate tire strategies. This is going to be a good ass weekend. Yeah. I'm excited. The sprint, the, actually, you know what? Saturday is going to be very fun. Yeah, for um, sure. If anything, I regret getting the tickets that I did to the game so I yeah. can't watch the race with well, you. But I'll try my best to watch it live um, so that I can, like, text you or something like that. Because I think that... What time is your game? It is at 4.15, and I want to say the race it. is at 1. So we're leaving at 2, 2.30. It's, like, it's like 1 or 2 I might PM. be able to catch the entire race. I want to say the race is at, like, 1 or like 12 p.m. Oh, is it? On Sunday. Then I'll be able to watch the whole thing. Yeah. So we'll so, see. So we'll, yeah. We'll get what's that. up in the air. You'll for, find out in the uh in the post race if I'm able to watch it with Foster. Yeah. And we'll <laughs> we'll probably be doing because you're busy similar to this week, we'll mm-hmm. probably be posting our post race on Tuesday. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. To be able to, you know, accommodate our schedules and then also capture I feel like there's been a whole lot of post race movement and sort of drama and mm-hmm. like the little news tidbits that yep. we would typically miss if we were to record same same You're day right, of right. race yeah. so we can encapsulate all of that on on monday night yeah yeah well hopefully we'll have a lot of talked about yeah i'm excited so that'll be good yeah it's gonna be a good weekend yeah i'm excited yeah we gotta get some brazilian food yes we'll have brazilian food this will be my first well i've had brazilian food but i've never gotten brazilian food myself mm-hmm. and shared it with you yep and also my first Interlagos live experience mm-hmm. will be very fun. I'm excited, man. Thank you so much as always for tuning yeah. in to Basement Breaks. Drop drop your five-star ratings if you're on Spotify and 
Apple Podcasts, drop a like and comment. If you're on TikTok, hello. If yeah. you're on Reels, hello. I'm trying yeah. my best. I'm trying to learn the short form stuff. Foster's doing the long form stuff. Yeah. It's both of... collaborative. Oh, yeah. Let us know your podium predictions. Yeah. We want to see what you I can put a Q&A guys... on Spotify. Do you know that? That's cool. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. So maybe I'll do a Q&A for what's your podium prediction on Spotify. Yeah. We should also like be interacting on like x.com. And I don't know how to thing. do that, man. It's it's it was Twitter, now it's X. I don't freaking know, yeah. man. I'm I mean, too... I don't use that website very often. But yeah, I used to. Yeah, I'll learn it again. I don't know. I need help. Yeah. Hopefully, at some point, we'll have a you know little community and we can be interacting and have all sorts of fun. That'll be cool. But yeah. anyway, this is our last single digit episode. Oh my god, episode nine, episode ten next week. Woo-hoo! Thank you so much, as always. We appreciate yeah. it. And we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Take it easy.